people you love, play five songs they love and tell you why. 2010 was a big year for bangers. The Australian dance music scene in particular was thriving. Stalwarts like The Presets and Cut Copy were kicking it, and a new breed of beatmakers were coming up, soundtracking hedonistic summer days and big festival party nights. This was the year Bag Raiders released their debut album, and on its 10th anniversary, I invited the duo to Take 5 and go back. Jack and Chris joined me for the final Take 5 of Oz Music Month. And so I thought it would be fun to stay local and celebrate the incredible talent in our own backyard. Before we got into their memory lane picks, I asked them to wind their minds back to 2010 to remember what it felt like to release their debut album. It was a very good time to be in Sydney and going out, you know, partying and clubbing. And we had a lot of friends who were doing club nights and throwing throwing parties and events and um yeah, it was a really nice feeling. It was a good feeling in the air of like very joyful and uh, it felt like a real community, you know, like I think it was um, quite a sweet time for us to, to be making music and be able to put an album out, which, which felt like we had a lot of support from our friends and, and, and people in Sydney in general. There was a big scene as well that you guys were coming up in and, and Bad Graders got together in t- 2006. So you'd, you'd already been kind of releasing singles and stuff and, and playing out in clubs. Did you have an idea of how big this record would be from the testing ground that you'd done in the years leading up to it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we, we always underthought everything, which was like kind of the best thing about it. Like being in the club scene at the time, it was so immediate that we never really thought outside of the Friday night, really. I think that the, that the Bang Gang Party was on and we would just be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like, you know, we'll make this track and then like we'll play it in the club on Friday and like we'll see if people get into it. And then like, yeah, I think we never we never thought bigger than that. And I think that's, pro- I don't know, probably what made it what it what it is, is that we it just felt real to us. been able to go back to that feeling as you've worked on the follow-up horizons which just came out last year and all the other eps that you've released over the year were you ever able to recapture that initial feeling that you had with your debut album to me that's like that feeling or that you know it's kind of the ever elusive feeling which is the best thing about making records is that like when you're in it it's i guess it's just like the flow state when you're in that state you're just like nothing nothing else matters mm. and then you you just on such a high and then you do the song and then you're like okay cool that's great and then you forget about it and then that little ball of energy that you've put into this thing tr- somehow translates to other people hearing it years later sometimes you know but like chasing that feeling it's that's the most exciting thing about making music to me for sure but it is elusive. It's an elusive yeah. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not getting back to the to the same feeling. It's more like, oh, ooh, this is a good one. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I kind of, uh, yeah, I kind of love that idea that it's always out of reach and that's good. That's what keeps you hungry. It's always yeah. just a little bit out of reach. You're just kind of always yearning for it, going for it, reaching for it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. And the closer you get, the more it moves away. That's actually in part why we called our second record Horizons because 
like that sort of that sort of symbolizes that to us you know like always looking towards the horizon and moving towards it but you can never actually you know achieve it um it's always in the distance You have created many bangers over the years, certified bangers. So many people have had Bag Raiders be the soundtrack to many parties, many summers, many memes, which we know from Shooting Stars. We're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about 2010 um, and the year that was. Uh, the first one you've chosen is Yolanda Be Cool and D Cup. We know Speak Americano. This was such a huge hit locally and internationally. Why did you choose yeah. it? Because you couldn't go into like a nightclub, let alone a supermarket, yeah. without hearing this song, like for a good year. Yeah. I'm like, to me, that just like speaks so much to that year. I was like, whoa, you know, these these two guys made this house tune out of a, like a cool sample. <laughs> And then it just was all over the world, you know? They're also beyond the sample. There's that little kind of, I don't want to call it a mosquito sound because it's not exactly a mosquito sound, but it's that ding, ding, oh, like ding, the, ding. Yeah, which yeah. and and I rem I remember that when I heard you guys at the start of last year on Inspired on the Inspired podcast on Triple J talking about when you made Shooting Stars, you wanted to find the most annoying sound that would get stuck in people's heads, <laughs> yeah. and so you made that. <laughs> and so you and you landed be cool and D Cup. It's like they've done the same thing. Was 2010 the year of finding that really nah, annoying it was. earworm? It was. <laughs> It must the be the annoying lead sound. Yeah. Like, big, big time. Their mosquito is more aggressive than ours. <laughs> like, coming in fast and then getting out of there. Ours is a bit more of a constant threat. <laughs> but there was there was a saxophone craze at that time. Do you remember there was that Mr. Wazo? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what else was there? Saxophone in the club was a. There was a really good um, like flight facilities, or maybe it was just Jimmy before they were flight facilities, remix of Pinal or something. That's right, that's right, yeah. They had a mad saxophone in it. Yeah, that's true. Saxophone was a hot item in 2010. <laughs> saxophone, <laughs> mosquito noises. When you're making music as creators, do you think you're aware of all of these trends or are they just making their way in no, like earworms and all no, of a sudden you're like, oh, we do, we're part of it now, we're part of the problem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This next song, it's Fly Facilities with Crave You. Like you
it introduced people on master flight facilities, wasn't it? Yeah, they've been yeah. kicking around for a little bit, but this this was a, a big breakout moment for sure. They broke out in force. I actually remember Hugo showing me this, an early demo of this and having one of those like, just, oh, holy shit moments. Like this is, um, this is pretty good. Like the vocal is just so epic and, and beautiful. Like this is, sometimes you, I feel like I can't tell if a song is gonna be big or not, but I reckon in that moment, I was like, oh, I think this one might have, might have some legs. sort of sense when you're seeing certain songs and artists come up with like oh you can see the future ahead or is it all just totally random like have you ever looked at someone and gone they're going to be famous no i never looked at someone and, and thought <laughs> <laughs> but 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 like i don't know i've heard someone and then gone wow they've really got like, yeah. they've got something yeah for sure but that doesn't always translate, you know, and it's like, like there's plenty of talented people who aren't famous and, and probably even more famous people who aren't talented. So it's like, you never really know. Yeah, yeah there's not really a formula to it, um, even though some people yeah. think there are. For you guys, you met at high school and you were both actually classically trained before you got into making bangers, making electronic music. <laughs> what did you play? Like when we say classically trained, what kind of instruments did you did you have under your belts? Violin. I was I was violin. Yeah, I played piano growing up, and then we both played in the in the high school orchestra, and we hang. We were kind of like the coolest kids in the orchestra, which isn't saying much, really. But we would kind of hang out <laughs> after orchestra practice, and uh, we became friends like that. When you when you met each other, did you see that you know there was something in each other that could drive you both to make the music that you wanted to? Did you kind of click straight away? We were friends straight away, but we actually didn't start doing any music till much later. Like, I think maybe five, six, seven years out of high school, we were just hanging out and we would swap music and then slowly started making stuff together. And then yeah, so in those early days, no, there was no concept of like let's start a band. We were just buddies, and that that came later. Did that training in classical music, in traditional, quote-unquote, traditional uh, instruments give you a good grounding on how to compose a song, do you think? It's hard to say because, you know, we've never known anything apart from that. But, yeah, I do think that it definitely helps. But at the same time, like, I know plenty of people that don't know the first thing about music theory or whatever and can write the most amazing songs, including crazy chord changes and stuff because they're just they're like oh it just sounds good to me like when I go from here to here so really who's to say yeah how much do you guys work off instinct if you're talking about the things when I think about certain bag raiders songs even to this day like a decade after I first heard them they still hit me in the feels they still make me want to punch my hand in the air they still lift me and make me feel elated what is it for you guys where you know that you've hit something right is it intuition you can't really um it's not something you can really plan like that. That is just total instinct, I think. And then that's the thing, like, like what Chris was saying before that you're sort of chasing in the studio, like that feeling where you sort of stumble across something and you're like, Oh, okay, hang on. Like this is something special, but it's not because we sat here and planned out, Hey, we want to do something special today. Like that doesn't really work like that. Yeah. I think it's, um, you also like you can you, I always feel like you can know too much like it's important or it can be useful to have some kind of theory or some background or the thing that's good for me and Chris is we have a language I guess that we can talk about music in that is is helpful but like 
the more you know, the more you become analytical and, and the less you hold on to that cool, intuitive gut feeling like, oh, let's go in this direction, which I do think is really important for making songs like how you just described and make you feel something. And the horizon like as well, like going towards that horizon that you talk about, the elusive horizon with faith. Yeah, yeah. We're just like, honestly, we're just chasing like, it sounds so hippy-dippy or whatever, but it's true. Like we're just chasing like, total freedom you know <laughs> I, I feel like so funny saying it but it's it's so true it's like you get into the studio and you just want to forget who you are you know you just want to like be the music that's that's art isn't it that's the escape and the beauty and the possibility of art yeah it's true yeah that's it it's beautiful I want to go next into your killer choice of Tame Impala, but it's not just any Tame Impala. You've chosen the Errol Alcon remix of Why yeah, Won't You Make Up Your Mind. This is such a is huge that, remix. Is that like cheating? Because it wasn't actually 2010, but this, the original song was 2010. We'll fudge it because it's a good tune. Yeah, it's a great, <laughs> yeah. I love that you're trying to play by the rules, Chris. I respect that. Yeah, I thought you might like let let us go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good tune. It's a good one. Is this? I mean, I know you guys DJ as well. Is this a song that you drop into your DJ set? I remember playing it back in the day for sure, and it would yeah tear tear things up. For sure. Oh, it's a shredder. It's so a, good. It's Face a shredder, melter. but it like it stretches out. This is the beauty of this song. It takes its time, and there's you know bangers don't always have to be high BPM. They can really just Grab, yeah. grab hold of you and keep you for the eight minutes that this song goes for. Relentless grab you by the soul. <laughs> tell tell us true. about where it takes you if we're going to play this song. Where does it take you if we're talking 2010 slash 2011? Yeah, it reminds me of like if you've ever been to like a festival called Splendor in the Grass, <laughs> you know, like what, like that kind of thing. That is the thing when you're like, oh, I remember that time where we were at Splendor and like it was all my friends and blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's the anthem. It was an anthem. It was a full anthem. A festival so anthem. Yeah, festival anthem. Like Tame, obviously amazing. Errol smashed the remix. It's and- also like so crazy that like, you know, because it's kind of, that felt like, wow, like almost like a local band that then just went on to become like the biggest band in the world. Mm. And it's like, whoa, like, I, you know how people talk about Kylie Minogue, like our Kylie? Mm. Yeah, I feel like that's like our team. You know? <laughs> our Kevin. Our Kev. Our, yeah, yeah, our Kevin. Yeah. It's Kylie and Kev. It's very Australian, isn't it? Kylie and Kev. Yeah. Kylie, yeah. Kevin, Nicole. How Australian is that? <laughs> Oh, it's too good. And Russell, it gets worse. What I got, although he's technically from New Zealand, but we'll claim, his, claim him as we ours. We claim him, though. We do. We do. 
This next song is Lightyear with Five Girls. Five girls fighting for me. Five girls fighting for me. Five girls fighting for me. Drop down, climb the ground. Get five girls fighting for me. Five girls fighting for me. Five girls fighting for me. Drop, 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 drop. We're diving into one year and one year only for this Oz Music Month special take five. And hearing that song from Lightyear just makes me want to be in a very loud, stinky club surrounded by very loud speakers. Take us back to that moment and tell us for anybody who doesn't know, who are Lightyear? Lightyear, uh, they were two friends of ours actually, Lightyear, lovely guys, uh, Mikey and Jordan. And Mikey, is uh, he has a new project called Jensen Interceptor. He's living in Berlin now. And then Jordan is doing um, Neil Francis, a band. He's, in, he's over in LA where Chris is. But yeah, there were two buddies of ours who were like young guys coming up. They were like always hanging around the clubs. I remember them. They're like cheeky little grins running around the place. And um, this tune is actually, I'd kind of forgotten about this. Chris picked this one and um, it's a huge tune. It's like goes into that like genre of amazing club tunes that sound like a like a wonky fax machine or like a dial. <laughs> <laughs> Again, those sonic elements, though, where it's just got these kind of weird bleeps and blobs that just get stuck in your head, too. It really was a time for that. And there was a big Sydney scene that they were part of around the Bang Gang DJs, which a lot of people in Sydney were aware of. But if you're outside of that city, outside of, you know, in another city in Australia or around the world, can you kind of tell us about that community of Bang Gang DJs and the nights and the and the crew, that whole scene? What was it like? Who was part of it and, and what happened in, in the Bang Gang DJ scene? It's like anyone and everyone kind of thing, you know, like all were welcome. It just seemed so, to, for me, like the first time that I'd gone out to like a club and, and it was like the as wild as you could imagine it being, like that was it. Like how would you describe it? I just like, yeah, anything, anything went like, like Chris said, there were all walks of life there. Like you just see something crazy every time you, you went out. I remember like, remember Gus got married in the club one night, like that kind of stuff. (laughs) But then the music was also like a really good. And B again was just, I'd never been to a club where people would play like something like Lightyear and then follow it up with like, Fleetwood Mac mm. and oh, some- yeah, like cold chisel and, and somehow it would work you know and it yeah would- and then and and like you'd have like cold chisel you'd have like some kind of like belting techno you know or you'd have like Ramstein or something like yeah. that as well yeah and like and then like the most sweetest like sugary like Robin or something like that yeah yeah or Annie or something yeah but for yeah. us as well like it's it's the first place that we ever dj'd it's the first place we ever did a live show like when we were first very first making like little edits and blends and stuff we would just burn down to the club on a friday with a cdr and just hand it to whoever was djing and they trusted up and us that they would they would just play it and also they probably <laughs> without didn't hearing it. yeah without hearing you imagine? it <laughs> like it's amazing that's pretty the, incredible that- Honestly, like what we were explaining to you just before about chasing that feeling in the studio, like the total, the total freedom thing, that was it. 
Like that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. But like a commute, a, a, a communal center of like, I guess people get that feeling from going to church, you know, mm. like, but with, like without the sinful sex and drugs and alcohol and all the rest. Of all it. right, you don't yeah. get that at church. Sorry, I was confused about which part of that you don't get that at. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scene, you know, when I look back at the sort of artists that were releasing music, you know, Cut Copy had started a few years earlier, but you had Vanshee and Midnight Juggernauts and Los Valentinos and all of these artists, and the, it all seemed to be circulating in the same kind of ecosystem, didn't it? All of these artists bouncing off each other, um, and, and it felt like a real golden age of Australian electronic music that's continued to this day, but it really felt like a, a moment right then in 2010. There's, there was so much going on in the in the Australian scene. It did kind of feel like a moment, you know. But I wonder if, like, everybody feels that way when, like, maybe that's just the phenomenon of being in your early 20s or, or leaving high school and the whole world being insanely exciting to you, you know. The concept that you could, like, meet someone that, that's totally, you'd never meet, like, they're out, outside of your school or whatever it is that you you grew up in and your whole you're like wow this is how big the human experience can be you know wow when you let when you open yourself up to that i think I, that the, I think the bang gang thing was kind of like an organizing sort of principle for all of that though you know like i remember like those bands you said i remember seeing the very first ever vanshee live show was at 77 at a bang gang thing yeah. Like the, the um, Valentino's guys were always kicking around. Kim from the presets was always down there DJing. Like it was, that was sort of like a focal point for everyone who was making music in Sydney. And yeah, and it was because everyone was having so much fun. It meant that we were all remixing each other and, and sending each other tracks and it didn't ever feel competitive or kind of like, you know, like we were all fighting each other. It was quite the opposite. Everyone was sort of pulling in the same direction. Yeah, I think also it's that thing like any community, you know, you see your friends or people who are the same age as you creating and having fun, first of all, but then maybe going on to the next step, whether it's success or creating something else or just the curiosity of falling down that rabbit hole. And that kind of lifts everyone up, doesn't it? That's the, the basis of a successful community of any group of artists. You know, you, you be what you can see around you. And, and Bang Gang was a huge scene that lifted a lot of people up in Sydney um, back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. As I trail through crowds of people Trying to keep from looking back Got your sense on something passing other things that we're kind of exploring you know beyond Sydney and beyond Bang Gang um, through this month of November is this idea of sounds like home that's the theme of Oz Music Month this year and particularly for you Chris you're based in LA at the moment are there yeah. certain songs even if they're not dance classics are there certain songs that always bring you back to Australia when you hear yeah, them yeah and, and and often they're like kind of like what I was saying like splendor anthems you know like that kind of thing or they're like what i would say like triple j bangers you know 
like that kind of thing where you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, great. And then you, you're speaking to people and they go, oh, that, I never really heard that song, you know? And you're like, what do you mean? It's the <laughs> biggest thing, like, I could imagine. It's like the hugest song ever. How does that go when you're in the States as well? well? When you're talking to people about certain Australian songs, they're like, what? Never heard it. It sort of doesn't happen so much now, but like going back into 2010, mm. yeah, before we had the internet, before like we would sort of listen to music and be like, oh my God, how the hell do you think that was made? Whereas now like you hear it and then there's instantly like 50 people on YouTube going like, this is how you can make the same sound as like, this person or whatever does it take away the magic of it in that regard yes and no like in a way it does because like okay let me just experience my own imagination for a minute but at the same time like it kind of makes it more magical because you're like wow now there's this like infinite world of things that I can now dive down like yeah but it's the same thing like we were saying before it's like that's just more knowledge it's more it's easier to gain that knowledge now than it was but it's like how you use it and whether that yeah does it really serve you does it really serve you is the question and and like the thing that you keep coming back to is like the only thing that matters like is what comes out the speakers and like how does that move people Mm. exactly you know so it's like you could talk about like okay great we have like centuries of knowledge that lead led up to you being able to play a altered dominant chord cool or, or nail yeah. kevin parker's guitar tone or whatever <laughs> yeah, 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 it is yeah. i'm like how are you going to use that you've watched those videos yeah. haven't you jack i can tell there's a glint in your eye you've watched that youtube video you're trying to make it <laughs> every damn day <laughs> <laughs> how much have you guys been reflecting back on the past you're gearing up to release a beautiful limited edition vinyl of that debut album early next year you're celebrating this 10 year anniversary right now And, of course, last year you put out Horizons, which was a long-awaited follow-up. Do you ponder much on the decade and how much things have changed in music and with Bag Raiders in the time that's passed? Do you ever think about that sort of stuff? Not so much. I mean, I don't know. I think, like, when you stop looking forward and you start looking back, like, that's kind of... I'd much rather be, like, in in the present and, like, looking at onto like what's the next thing kind of you know I don't honestly no I don't really look in the rear view too too often except today when we're playing nothing but songs from 2010 today is the exactly. exception today is the exception <laughs> I'm in the rear view yeah <laughs> well it's been wonderful to live in the past with you if only for a spell and the temper trap is where we're finishing again oh, technically well. it was released in 2009 but I'll let it slide because it was pretty much the soundtrack to the 2010 summer, wasn't it, this song? Yeah, yeah. And, like, what a perfect or oh, just sublime vocal delivery. When you hey? hear this song, where does it take you? Oh, into that zone that everyone, like, wishes that they could attain through years of meditation and yoga practice. <laughs> 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 it's though. It's, like, it's just too good. Like, sometimes you hear something and you're like, Oh, this is transformative, you know? I remember the first time I heard this, the very first time I heard it, and I was just like, whoa, this song's going to be huge. You could tell from the first listen. Do you remember the first time you guys heard it? Yeah, I remember. Not the first, not even just the first listen, the first moment that the vocal comes in, and you're just like, oh, oh. Okay. holy shit. 
right. I, yeah, I don't remember what, like, when I first heard it. Like, there's some songs that, like, maybe, yeah, for sure. Or, like, you know, moments in life where you're like, oh, I remember where I was when I found out that, like, Princess Diana died or something like that, you know, like. But, yeah, no, I don't remember when I first heard this song. But, like, the feeling that the song gives, I mean, it's second to none. It's like, how do you describe a thing like that? It's beautiful. sound of sweet disposition. Temper Trap finishing up a banger fill take five with Bag Raiders. What a glorious trip into the recent past. Next time, we're chatting with the woman who just won the Miles Franklin for Australian Literature. It's the highest accolade in the land. And Tara June Winch's incredible story of the Wiradjuri people and the language that ties them to country is one of the books of the year. We'll talk about the yield and the songs that tell Tara's story next time when we take five. Take five! The Take Five with Zan Rowe. Every week, hear the people you love. Hi, I'm Joan Jett. Hey, this is Nana Cherry. And I'm taking five. Talk about the five songs they love. Hear stories of discovery. And I heard this thing coming out of the speakers. I was like, oh my God, what is that noise? Wow. And the songs that changed how they saw the world. It just affected me deeply. I never knew rap could be that powerful. It's like a jungle. Join Zan Rowe and Take 5. Life 101 with Kimber and Zan. Pull up a chair. <laughs> Subscribe now.